everyone. Welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. I'm Jen Stone. I'm one of the principal security analysts here at Security Metrics. Very excited today to talk to you about point-to-point encryption. We're going to be talking about it from the merchant's perspective, especially small and medium business, people who are taking cards at point of sale. In a future episode, we're going to talk about point-to-point encryption from the perspective of the solution provider, what it takes to become P2PE validated. Very excited about that one. So keep an eye out for that. But today, P2PE, what does a merchant need to know? And, um, and how, how, what are the, why do they want to do this thing? I have with me Mark Miner, who is the director of P2PE PIN Assessments mm-hmm. here at Security Metrics, has a ton of knowledge, and I, I don't want to skip over this. I'm actually going to read your bio, so brace yourself. Oh. <laughs> so, Mark is a principal security analyst and assessor at Security Metrics. He has over 16 years of experience in network security. Mark has current CISSP, CISA, QSA, QSA P2PE, PA, QSA, P2P and QPA certifications, uh, and a lot more that you actually the whole didn't list in here. Soup. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a question like, should I list this? Is this relevant? Are people just going to start thinking, you know, that I just collect these? But no, for our jobs, we actually need a whole series of certifications. And if you're mm. doing P2PE, you you need even more. Uh, let me let me continue here. Mark's expertise has been focused on payment card industry security for the past 15 years. He has performed over 180 PCI, P2PE, and PADSS assessments. That's not insignificant. I mean, each one of those reports is hundreds of pages long. (laughs) So before working at Security Metrics, Mark held several positions at IBON. As a security analyst, he conducted various on-site network and computer security audits. He also designed secure conference networks as a a senior network architect. Finally, he managed the operations department where he determined best practices for system installers and field support personnel. I always think people with um, hands-on operational experience make really good assessors. You know, yeah, you have a, a perspective that other people might not have. Mark graduated from Brigham Young University in 1988 with a BA in communications. Welcome, thank you for yeah, joining me. Thanks. Super it's excited great to that be you're here. here. With you. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Was there anything? Uh, nothing <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I love that the topic of point-to-point encryption because of the value that it brings. Um, so many of our, our, our small and medium businesses that, that listen to this show, um, but a lot of people don't even know what, and we call it affectionately P2PE, a lot of mm. people don't know what point-to-point encryption is. Um, can you give us just a basic rundown of what we're talking about? Yeah, so, I mean, at the, uh, the simplest, point-to-point encryption is just encrypting your data, card data in our case, uh, you know, at the beginning and not decrypting it until it reaches some endpoint so that it is protected in between. You know, you hear you hear the terms point-to-point encryption mm-hmm. and you hear end-to-end encryption. Yeah. And, you know, semantically, they're basically the it's same a, it thing. It kind of means the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, some people kind of define end-to-end as, you know, encrypting at the merchant and not decrypting until you get to the processor mm-hmm. and point to point may not go to the processor. But but the thing to keep in mind is that uh, in PCI anyway, when we talk about point to point encryption, we're capitalizing it. It's, it's the name of something. PCI has a standard mm-hmm. that um, 
solutions that want to have a P2PE solution for merchants have to comply with. And so when we're talking a P2PE or point-to-point encryption solution, it's one of these uh, solutions that has been validated mm-hmm. by by uh, P2P QSA and complies with all the PCI standards so that the merchant can um, be protected and the card data can be protected and right. know that the solution is is secure. Right. And so like a lot of things in, in PCI, their specific words have specific definitions. Mm. I think that's that's a good that we capitalize it because it, it kind of drives that home that point-to-point encryption in PCI has a very specific connotation. And so um, you mentioned being validated. I know that that when, when a customer comes to me and says, hey, we have a P2PE scope that we want you to look at. We, we have a P2PE solution. One of my first steps is to look at um, whether it's listed or not. So mm-hmm. where yeah. do people go to find that? Well, the P2P solutions, validated solutions, are listed on the PCI website. If you uh, go, um, you're going to tax my knowledge of the PCI <laughs> website, but uh, there's a solutions and assessors tab, and yeah. you go to that, and uh, it will list uh, point-to-point encryption solutions. Right. You can click on that, and it will bring up. You can search for a particular solution name mm-hmm. or or the name of the company, you know, if if that solution is a listed solution, meaning that it has gone through the validation process, just mm-hmm. like a merchant has to go through validating their PCI DSS compliance, right. and then they are compliant, uh-huh. right? they're, they're validated, mm-hmm. a listed or validated solution has gone through an assessment and is now listed on the PCI website so that merchants can find that information and validate it. So I'm not a P2P EQSA, but from what I've seen, the work that you and some of the others do, it Mm -hmm. seems like it's quite an undertaking. So what does it mean to become, what's that process like? Yeah, Uh, it is. The the, uh, P2P standard, so for example, let's let's just compare it a little bit to the PCI standard. Uh, PCI requirement three, Mm-hmm. Uh, addresses encrypting card data at rest. Right. Right. And uh, in requirement three, uh, there's sub requirements 3.5 and 3.6 that deal with aspects of managing keys. Right. Because key management keys are are, are part of the encryption process. Yeah. And so managing keys is a super important part of that. Super important. A, a, an encryption solution is only as good as protecting the keys because if the keys are compromised. Right. The encryption really is worthless because anyone can decrypt that data. Right. right? So PCI DSS mm-hmm. has some uh, key management aspects, and there are about twenty-five um, sub requirements in right. three point five and three point mm-hmm. six that that go through how the merchant has to manage keys or solution provider. Mm-hmm. If you compare that to the P2PE standard, there are um, roughly, if I remember right, uh, 100, 100 to 150. So significantly Sig- more. Signif- significantly more requirements that address uh, aspects of how you securely 
um, generate and manage and protect keys in a PCI DSS report, that might be 10 to 15 pages right. of you know, documenting the merchant or solution provider's key management. Mm-hmm. In a P2P E PROV, that could be 150 to um, 100 to 150 pages mm. of documenting how they manage keys. So it's so so to put it into perspective for especially for our merchants, you know, they're saying, okay, is this P2P E listed validated solution? Why, you know, it's yeah. kind of looking under the covers a little bit. It's a big process. It it's is something that takes. Yeah. Um, Significant amount of time. Uh, most solutions uh, that I've worked with, you know, from the time they come to us and say we want to start working on a P2P solution until mm-hmm. the time they're listed, that's usually about a year-long process. So, so it takes time to get there, but then once it's listed, it gives a real degree of assurance to the P- the merchants that are using mm-hmm. it that their cardholder data is going to be protected, and and you can't just steal it if you steal the device, for example. Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, we've had um, occasions where a merchant that we work with using a P2P solution has been compromised. Mm -hmm. You know, someone has broken into their network, uh, but no card data was compromised because there are no keys in the merchant environment to decrypt that data. Mm -hmm. All they get is ciphertext. Right that can't be decrypted and is really of no use. Because they don't have the decryption key, and that's what it's all about. This episode is brought to you by the Security Metrics 2022 Guide to PCI Compliance. I personally helped with this guide and can highly recommend it to anyone going through PCI Compliance. It goes through what the the requirements are and then tells you in the real world what they mean, how to meet them, recommendations from um, auditors. So uh, it's a great resources to get the fundamentals of PCI compliance. You can get it on our website, securitymetrics.com. All right. So we've talked a little bit about there's a process to become listed. And then when you go and look at for the listed solution, that's where I think a lot of um, merchants who who maybe don't have a lot of familiarity with it kind of stumble a little bit because there's a lot of information under that listing. It doesn't just say, hey, get this brand, right? Right. You and I have both, I think, probably run into merchants that say, you know, I'm using this processor Mm -hmm. and this uh, PTS device. Yeah. And, you know, I see that the processor has a listed solution that uses that device, so I must be using their P2P solution, Look right? at my device as SRED on it, so therefore yeah. it's a P2P solution, but it's not. It's, yeah. Let, so let's talk real quick about what uh, what is a P2P solution, Yeah. Uh, you know, a listed solution. Mm-hmm. So there are components of that. You, you have the actual PTS device mm-hmm. um, that... So I actually brought one. So awesome. typical, you know, Ingenico PTS device. Right. You see these super common. We see yeah, these a lot. You see these at the grocery store mm-hmm. or airport. hotel, airport, yeah. everywhere, right? And so that's a PTS device. PCI validates these, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have a validated PTS device mm-hmm. as part of a solution that has shred or sred secure mm-hmm. read and encrypt of data mm-hmm. is what that stands for 
has that validated as, as a capability of that device. So that's one aspect. You have to have the device. Mm -hmm. And then typically running on these devices, there's some sort of application that um, may be communicating with a, with a, uh, a point of sale mm -hmm. system, or it could even just be standalone. But that's the application that, you know, you say, well, I want to, transaction for five dollars and then it reads the swipe and it uh, sends the data to the the shred function to encrypt mm -hmm. so that application that runs on there and any application on this device with access to clear text card data mm -hmm. has to be validated as a p2p application mm -hmm. you have the device you have the application mm -hmm. then you have the back end uh, solution mm -hmm. and you, you have the decryption environment which you have HSMs hardware security modules that all those do is they generate and they store and protect keys mm -hmm. so that um, no one can access the the actual value of the key right so you have this back end that decrypts the data and you have all the key management uh, that gets assessed, and also how the the solution manages these terminals. You know, if there's remote access to them, if there's uh, uh, how the keys are injected into the terminal, all that is part of the solution. And in order for a merchant to know that they have a validated solution, well, first of all, they should have uh, an agreement, mm -hmm. a signed contract right. agreement with the the solution that says, you know, we are providing you this solution, solution XYZ, so that, you know, by name, so that you can go on. Go and look it up. Line and mm -hmm. look it up, right? And your QSA should be able to yep. see that you have that agreement. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then listed on the PCI website will be what devices the solution was assessed with. Mm-hmm. And what firmware versions, what hardware versions of those devices are acceptable, and what P2P application. Right. Right. So you should be able to go to the merchant's terminals and say, okay, yes, I see that the solution lists, you know, this Ingenico terminal with this hardware version and this firmware version. I can look and say, oh, yeah, that matches. So that helps confirm. Right. And uh, I see you're using this application, which has this version. Mm -hmm. That's listed on the solution. That helps confirm. Mm -hmm. And then the last bit is there is uh, what's called a P2P uh, implementation manual. Right. The, the PIM, that, we the call PIM it. The mm PIM -hmm. that the solution is required to provide mm -hmm. to the merchant. And that PIM also lists the same information about the solution but it also, and this is really critical, it gives uh, guidelines for the merchant, things that they, that the solution requires them to do, mm -hmm. keeping an inventory of the devices, right. how they inspect them, what they should look for when they're inspecting the devices. Mm -hmm. In some cases, uh, solutions might require, um, you know, retention systems, cable retention or mm -hmm. pedestal retention systems. And the merchant needs to be following that PIM to show that they have correctly implemented 
the, P, the P2P solution. Right. And then the QSA can come in and see these things, the agreement, mm -hmm. the correct hardware, the correct application, see that they're following the PIM and be able to validate, yes, you have implemented a listed P2P solution. Right. Uh, and and uh, occasionally I'll run into uh, a situation where a merchant thought that they were getting the, a validated point-to-point -point encryption mm -hmm. solution, actually had it in their agreement with mm -hmm. a service provider, and then turned out what they were getting was not a listed solution. But I think looking for things like your um, the PIM and, and making sure that the PIM lists all of the things, you can match those up with the different components. But then um, if you still want a little bit of extra guidance, I think it's a good idea to maybe get a little bit of consulting hours from a QSA Absolutely. to help match those. Because yeah. it's this is not something that you should expect yourself to just be able to go, oh, I'll just go figure this out. You can, but it just, yeah. there's a lot of time and there's a lot of things that can trip you up to make sure. Un unfortunately, you know, we've seen merchants before that, you know, I've basically been sold a bill of goods, yeah, right? They, yeah. they thought they were getting a listed solution mm -hmm. um, and they go down this road and, and roll out all these devices and then their QSA comes in and has to give them the bad news that yeah. you don't have a listed solution. Yeah. So again, the things that the merchant needs to look for, first of all, that signed agreement that, yes. that you have a solution. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to provide you the PIM. Yeah, it's a really good sign. And the yeah. PIM needs to have all of the information in it that they say in the agreement they're going to be supplying. Yeah. And yeah. then you should look at that PIM and, and you should go on PCI's website and mm -hmm. validate and make sure that the hardware they're providing matches what the solution's hardware yeah. is required to be. You know, a Q, your QSA is an excellent resource to help you know, they're, they're used to going through and validating this stuff. You know, yeah. they can do it quickly. And sure. So getting some help and guidance from your QSA at the start. Make sure you don't go down a long ways down this road and find out you're not getting... It's Yes, because it's timely and costly if you start implementing a solution, find out that you're not getting the P2PE solution that you thought you were getting, and then have to tear out old things and put in new ones. It's, it's, not, it's not good. I think actually... I mean, we've been kind of carrying on about make sure it's the right P2P solution, but people might be wondering, why? Why is this important? What does having P2P offer me? I for tell all of my customers, if you're taking credit cards at a point of sale, get P2PE, all of them. Yeah. I actually have lost customers yeah. as audit customers because I told them to do this because I thought it was the right thing for their business, mm -hmm. and and I, I highly recommend it, but... But why? Why is yeah. this something that's valuable? First of all, I agree with you. I think for almost all card present yeah. transactions, a P2P solution is, yeah. is ideal. We can talk about two things. Um, first, and maybe most important, is risk reduction. Mm -hmm. um, with a P2P solution, a validated P2P solution, the merchant has no keys to mm -hmm. decrypt that data. They never actually have access to full card data. Right. If, again, if you're breached, if someone mm -hmm. gets access to your network, there's not data there, at least cardholder data, yeah. 
that can be compromised. Right. You know, we've seen time and time again small merchants that are compromised and you know, with the cost of doing forensics and fines from card brands or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it they're out of business. Yeah. Being able to put that risk onto someone else. It's like buying insurance, right? You're transferring risk yeah. to someone else. That's a that's a uh, important consideration. Yep. The the second consideration is, you know, <laughs> This PCI stuff. <laughs> it's um, a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it right? is a lot and of work. And especially for, you know, small to medium businesses that maybe don't have large IT staff. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's just, you know, hardening systems and, mm-hmm. and monitoring logs daily, right? That's and a big one. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, the testing... ASV scans and penetration tests and internal scans mm-hmm. and IDS and we can go on and on with oh, all sure. the technical requirements. Training right? for everyone that touches any of those systems. Yeah, yeah. All of that uh, takes time mm-hmm. and means cost to your company. Right. Right. So by and ha- not only that, if you don't meet it, your your acquirer might say, "Hey." We're not sure we want to let you process credit cards for a while. So yeah. not only is it time and cost your business, but the potential um, difficulty in actually processing credit cards to keep yeah. your business paid, right? So so there's a lot of reasons why you want to make sure that PCI is taken care of. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about that cost of, of um, achieving compliance and, and keeping compliance going as part of your your day-to-day business, right? right? But there's also the other aspect of of uh, bringing all your systems into compliance, mm-hmm. right? And the the scope of your right. card environment and, and scope reducing is su- that size. Scope is such a big word because we say, basically, you want to use P2PE to reduce scope. Mm-hmm. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> so... So scope, uh, it's a uh, kind of a vague word because we use it for for different mm-hmm. things. We yeah. use it to mean, you know, all the systems, uh, but it also gets used. And, and I like to um, kind of change the verbiage, if you will. Right. Uh, I talk with my customers about scope reduction mm-hmm. and control reduction. Right. Scope reduction is reducing the number of systems that and and processes and people that are uh, part of your PCI environment, mm-hmm. your your card data environment, yeah. and and that have to be assessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, control reduction talks about reducing the number of controls, the number of PCI requirements yeah. that you have to assess against. Right. PCI DSS, you know, there's Somewhere, roughly speaking, let's say um, 330 requirements. I don't remember. I I know there's 12 main requirements, and then there's a whole ton of sub-requirements. I haven't counted it recently. Long and short, it's about a 10x reduction in the number of controls Mm -hmm. that you have to be assessed against. But but the – and it's not just the number of controls. It's the type of controls that you Mm -hmm. take out of scope. So, for example, we talked about having to review logs. That is a daily review, and that's all of the the activity that's coming across your um, your network – 
mm-hmm. is subject to logging, right? Well, right. if you take your network out of scope, that means not only do you not have to consider those network devices, but also mm-hmm. the requirements applied to, to your network. So if you have a P2PE solution, you're taking your network out of scope. That means not only do you not have to look at your um, network networking devices, but also you don't have to do the daily log reviews. You don't have to have basically a secure operations center that that looks at activity on your network. You don't have to have um, uh, intrusion detection, intrusion protection on your network. So all of these things that you would typically have to prove for PCI become business decisions based on uh, you know, your security program, your security appetite, yeah. but not related to proving it for PCI. Yeah. And I think that's the real value there of a PCPE solution. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of times when when people are saying I want scope reduction, they're really talking about that control reduction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want to I want to answer fewer questions, right? Which is, you know, which is great and and requires much less effort. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget about the scope reduction. I've worked with merchants that, uh, you know, there's just the, the effort that would be required. I had a merchant I've worked with recently that they'd acquired a no- number of different businesses and they had, you know, 300 and some odd locations, different networks at the locations. And on those networks, they have their payment terminals, but they also have, you know, POS systems, Mm -hmm. they have back office computers, Mm -hmm. you know, all sitting on a small network. Right. I mean, you know, this location, you know, you may have 10, 12 devices, right? But you're mixing all this stuff together. And the effort for them to go out and reconfigure their networks and, Mm -hmm. and segment their networks you know, with a small IT staff is just, you know, almost insurmountable. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. And so by moving to a P2PE solution, mm-hmm. you reduce that scope yes. of all those networks down to that PTS device. Yeah, and right? suddenly you can make different choices and have a, maybe a, a different timeline for um, some of the other systems and networks but but there it's not affecting your ability to be PCI compliant mm-hmm. yeah. which which is a i mean it's an annual thing that is it, it's time sensitive and it's very difficult to meet if you have a small IT staff if you have multiple locations if you have kind of a complex environment if you don't have any network segmentation at all these are all things that can make it really hard to meet PCI compliance so a lot of franchisees for example you have a lot of um, uh, locations, um, say, throughout a few different states. If you have P2PE devices on that, becoming PCI compliant is a much easier task than if everything, every system, all of your networks are in scope. Yeah. And especially if you have the acquirer kind of breathing down your neck, right? Yes. The acquirer is saying, you've got till this date to validate your compliance, and you've got all these changes you have to make. Yeah. You know, and and rolling out a P2P solution, it's not a, a small effort. You have to change out all your terminals mm-hmm. and there's costs. There are costs, um, yeah. Involved with that. But uh, most of the time, those costs are much less 
significant than what you would spend to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe have to buy new firewalls for all your right. locations and segment and have the expertise. Adding headcount is not something that most organizations yeah. really want to do under, you know, not knowing how many they're going to need to do all of these activities for the mm -hmm. different requirements. Yeah. So from from a small merchant perspective, is there anything else you wanted to, to maybe mention about P2PE? Well, the you know, and we touched on it a little bit, but, um, you know, the other common question we get is, well, you know, I've got this end-to-end -end encryption, this non-validated solution, yeah. and it's going to cost less. Mm -hmm. And we really get the same benefit, right? Because it's, just it's still as good, encrypted from end-to-end. Is end what to I end. hear. <laughs> it's, it's just as good, right? And technically, you know, it may be using strong encryption. Yes, it's it's AES encrypted from end to end mm -hmm. and and isn't that just as secure? Yes, but or maybe. <laughs> maybe. The technically, I mean the encryption, yeah, is just as Could strong. Be, yeah. But there are lots of other things to consider. For example, um I, you know, I mentioned a, a validated solution mm -hmm. has to use a PTS-listed device, right? Mm -hmm. An end-to-end-encrypted end solution, you could, you know, this is just, you know, your bog-standard USB yeah. mag strike reader, that on writer, there. right? You could put this on a POS system, mm -hmm. have encryption done on the POS, mm -hmm. sent to the processor, Technically, yes, that's an end-to-end -end encryption solution, mm -hmm. right? But the difference is, first of all, uh, you know, maybe the key, maybe you know, the acquirer processor sent you a key to encrypt the data with. Mm -hmm. But your your developers or maybe your IT people have had access to that key. People, you know, it's not secure. The it's the key it, is compromised. Yes. Once once somebody knows the secret, then it's not a secret. Then it's not a secret. Um, secondly, the encryption, if the encryption's happening in the POS system, mm -hmm. it's happening in an application and software yep. that you know a hacker can much more easily compromise right. than they can a hardened device like this. Sure. And sometimes it's in clear text until it gets there. Yeah. So, so and and the merchant also has the decryption key on their system, mm -hmm. so that decryption key can be compromised. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, maybe that solution, you know, seems at first glance to be the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in, I'm encrypting the data here. We're sending it there. It's really not as far as the level of assurance. Right. I've even had a group that um, very recently that was using all of the same devices and encryption and even the same um, uh, key injection facilities or, mm -hmm. or KIFs, mm -hmm. as we call them, yeah. um, to, to supply all of, the, um, it, all of the different components for their en encryption solution, but it was not a listed solution. And they said, this is, you should just accept this. Well, that's the whole point of going through P2PE. Yeah. An assessment is somebody needs to determine whether it was done correctly and at the right encryption yeah. levels and all of those things. I, I'm not going to take that on. As a matter of fact, as a QSA, I'm not supposed to take that on. Yeah. So again, they, you're right. They could be using the same devices um, and it could appear on the front like 
This is the same thing, right? Yeah. Same application, same device. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's hard to tell underneath what is happening there, yeah. particularly as regards to key management. Yeah. And, and again, almost half, not quite, we'll call it a third of the requirements in P2PE relate to how keys are managed and protected. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't, then the solution is not secure. But but the other thing that the merchant should really think about in deciding between a validated P2P solution and a non-validated solution is that a validated solution, you automatically get the the scope and control reduction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Built in. You use the validated because solution. Because the assurance is there. You get the reduction. Mm-hmm. Can you get it with a non-validated solution? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe uh, if they've um, if the solution and there's a couple of steps. You have a validated solution. You have a solution that has what's called a NESA, mm-hmm. a, a non-validated encryption solution assessment, mm-hmm. which means that solution has gone through a full P2P assessment by P2P QSA, and uh, most almost everything is in place. But maybe there are a few things that. Are, are not in place yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a higher level of assurance. And then right. you have a solution that's just, hey, we have a white paper. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing that the merchant should keep in mind is, um, again, you get that built-in automatic scope and control reduction with a validated solution. With the others, you can present the argument to the acquirer yep. and ask for reduction. And typically the acquirer wants to hear from QSA and how they have, you know, looked at the solution, you know, whether it's I've looked at this NESA yeah. report or I've looked at this white paper that's documented really well and, and how that solution stacks up against a full solution so that the acquirer can understand the risk right. of using that solution. The acquirer may decide to grant some level of control reduction. Sure. But that year. That year. Right. Every year you have to go back mm-hmm. to the acquirer and say, you know, yeah. this is a solution. Are you still good with this? And the acquirer, you know, at some point, Maybe the acquirer uh, in their risk mm-hmm. process looks and says, you know. We're not doing that anymore. We're not yeah. doing that anymore. Yeah. But you and don't run into that with P2PE listed solutions. No, be, no because it's built in. And, yeah. and the PCI Council and the card brands have right. agreed that you get that reduction. Right. You may have invested a lot of money in this solution anticipating getting these these control and scope reductions. Sure. And suddenly so it's not there. You don't get it anymore. So, so I think that the, the moral of this story is uh, we both recommend P2PE solutions. It's a great, a great way to, to deal with risk at the um, card present um, yeah. locations. And, and making sure that it's validated is worth the extra time and cost before you go down the road mm-hmm. of, of P2PE. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you back and, and talk about what it takes to become listed yeah. and the, from from that 
the solution provider's perspective. But uh, I sure appreciate your time today, and and I hope people yeah, got something, some good information out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us once again at the Security Metrics Podcast, and hope to see you again in a couple weeks. Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.